Father, bless the message now. Help us, dear God, that uh, we might show people from the Word of God tonight that tomorrow, when that tomorrow evening, when they go out on visitation, they'll be able to tell people uh, better how to be saved and why they ought to be a Christian and why they ought to trust Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. Father, bless the message now because we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Well, a very simple message tonight. You might want to write these things down in the margin of your Bible right next to this verse on why I ought to be a Christian or why I ought to be saved or why others ought to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Well, the Bible says in Jeremiah 31 and verse number 3, The Lord hath appeared unto me of old, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And then in 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 1, you find these words, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. I think you ought to be a Christian. I think you ought to invite people to uh, trust Jesus Christ because He loved us. Amen. He laid down His life for us. God loved you, my friend, when He sent heaven's best, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die in your place on Calvary's tree. If you said to me tonight, Brother Bill, do you think God loves the angels in heaven? I'd say yes, but He loves you also tonight. If you said, Brother Bill, do you think God loves the saints who have already gone on to heaven? Yes, but He loves you. He loves Beckley. He loves every person in and around Emmanuel Baptist Church tonight. You'd just say to me tonight, Brother Bill, do you believe that God uh, loves His universe tonight? I'd say, oh yes, He loves the universe. Didn't He make it beautiful? Oh, listen, you you go out when the, when the clouds move away and you're able to look up and see uh, the stars studded high. You're able to look up in the daytime and see uh, the sunrise and the sunset. You see these beautiful mountains. I, when I came back from Virginia on yesterday, listen, bless your heart, it's hot down there. It's hot. I called my mother today. I said, Mom, I'm coming to see you tomorrow. I haven't seen her in several months. I think it's been over six or seven months since I've seen my mother. She's 72 uh, years uh, old and it won't be many more years until she be going to see the Lord and visit him and and uh, so I, I want to visit my mother tomorrow but she told me this she said son it's so hot down here said uh, the air when it moves said even the air blowing on you is hot and Ms. Burr said boy I remember that and so do I and I I want to tell you though I love West Virginia amen I love West Virginia now I'm a South Carolinian I was born down there and uh, that's where I grew up. I, I'm a sand lapper. Mrs. Burr's a tar heel. But I want you to know I'm a mountaineer by choice. Amen. I moved here. I love it up here. I love the mountains. I like to look around and see the beautiful scenery. Miss Foster, isn't this a beautiful place? And don't you love it up here? We'll we'll get you a cottage up here. You can just come up and stay and be with But uh, it's beautiful up here. I love all the beautiful scenery. If you said, does God love his universe? I'd say, oh, yes, he loves the universe. He loves the saints. He loves the sinners. He loves you. And, and bless your heart, he proved it to us when his son went to Calvary. And I'm telling you tonight, you ought to be saved. You ought to invite people to come and trust Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior because God loves us 
according to this book right here, Brother Delbert. Amen. This is a love letter from God. And God said, I love you. And I thank God for it. Now, number two, I think you ought to be saved tonight. I think you ought to go out. If you are saved tonight, you ought to be here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Go out and knock on doors and say, Hey, I think you ought to be saved because Christ died for you on the cross. Amen. Now, the Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, listen, who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful tonight? Here I am, an old reprobate of a sinner, and here you are tonight, an old reprobate of a sinner also, Steeped in sin, wicked and vile, we went forth from our mother's womb uh, speaking lies, and our hearts are deceitful above all things and, and, and is desperately uh, wicked, and every one of us, uh, we're like a stench in the nostrils of God, and we're like an open sepulcher, I mean an open tomb, and, and, uh, and we stink in the, in the nostrils of God. But isn't it wonderful tonight that through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, I can come here and worship God. I want to tell you something to get excited about, my friend. God loved us and Christ died for us, and that's enough to let me know that I ought to be saved in itself. But that's not all the message tonight. Let me give you some other things tonight. I believe in the third place, you ought to get saved, or you ought to tell people to get saved, because Christians are the only folks that are really happy. That's right. I mean, listen, Christian people are happy people. Now, you don't have to walk around with an old, long, mule face. I mean, listen, I've been saved, washed in the precious blood of Jesus, and I, I get excited. I mean, I, I shout at the drop of a hat, and if you don't watch, I'll drop the hat for you. Amen? I mean, listen, I, I enjoy myself. A lot of people seem to be enduring it, Brother, uh, brother Watts. I mean that, but I, not me. I'm happy tonight. I'm happy because Jesus loves me. And I checked up in the Word just a little while ago, and I, I know God's still on the throne. Amen. Everything's under His control. I heard today on the news where um, the Russians have been uh, sending threatening notes over to the Olympians and so forth, and and all these things and turmoil all around the world. But uh, listen, God's still on his throne. Amen. I mean, we can still be happy in our soul. And I thank God tonight I'm saved. And I invite other people to be saved because Christian people are the only happy people on the face of God's green earth. Let me say, I'm satisfied with Jesus. Amen. I'm satisfied with him. I, I have no longing. Peter looked one day and he said, uh, uh, Peter said, to whom shall we go, Lord? I mean, thou, thou hast the words of life. I mean, I don't want to go anywhere else. I love my Savior and I'm happy in my salvation tonight. I, some of the happiest people I've met in my life are right here at Emmanuel Baptist Church. You ever seen anybody happy and brother loyal here? I mean, listen, he just just sparkles. And and Mr. and Miss Palmer over here, my wife and I were talking about you the other night. And have you ever seen two people more than Mr. and Miss Palmer to radiate Jesus Christ? I haven't. I mean, listen, I I see them and I see Jesus Christ. And and Mrs. Palmer, she's happy with those little children over that lakeside. You know, she rode with them, she played with them. 
And I mean, she's a little bit older than I am and a little bit older than Mrs. Burr is. And bless your heart, we, we was trying to keep up with her and this is the way I was doing it. <laughs> she said, come on, Brother Bill, let's go down here and ride this train. I said, I'm good. I'm good. I said, I can't walk that fast. Listen, she's happy. Shawnita, you look happy tonight. Just smiling from ear to ear. Did you get a fella yet? Huh? <laughs> Listen, Pickens ain't as good in Illinois as they are here. You'd better stay here. <laughs> no, she's going with her mom and dad. But I listen, happy Christian. Look at old brother Gary McClung back here. Don't he look happy to you and Ms. McClung? I listen, just radiate Christianity. I tell you, you ought to tell people to get saved because you'll find out that Chris I used to think I had had fun. Man, I've come in many a night. Didn't know where I'd been. Didn't know who I had been with. Didn't know what I had done. And my head felt as big as a number two wash tub. And I, I was nervous and shaky. And I've seen the time when I could stand at a water fountain. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And I believe I could have drank the river dry. I mean, I burned on in the inside and thirsty, and my head swelled up. My eyes looked like road maps, and, and, and I couldn't tell you where I'd been. Now, bless your heart, when I go out and I hear some preacher preach, and I get happy and shout and have myself a good time, come back by Shoney's and get myself one of those great big old uh, ice cream dishes over there, and I get mine in a glass and pour Pepsi on they know what to fix me over there. And when I get up the next morning, Brother Frank, I know where I've been. I know what I did. I know who I was with. And I'm just as happy as I can be. And I'm telling people they need to get saved because God loves them. Amen. And Jesus died for them. And Christians are the happiest people on the face of God's green earth. Let me give you another one tonight. I believe people ought to get saved because they need Jesus even in this life. Amen. Now, I want you to know something. Life is uncertain, my friend. Life is uncertain. And it doesn't last very long. Did you know that? I mean, life just gets by so quickly, but you need Jesus to help you face every day of your life. And then I want to share some things with you. Uh, life, and we're talking about the brevity of life for just a minute. And I know time's running long. Don't you worry about it. I got to watch up here. This thing's working good. And uh, it's just ticking away. And we'll be through in about 10 or 15 minutes. Now, you just hang in there with me tonight. And listen, you need Jesus to help you face the uncertainty of life. Life is brief. I mean, at the very best, life is but just a few years here on this earth. And I'm telling you, the Bible says it's like a shadow. It says, for we are strangers before thee and sojourners as were all our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and there is none abiding. Amen. And then it says in Job 6 or 7 and 6, it says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Brother Foster, you come from thee. Part of the country where they have they have cotton mills down in there. And over in the in, in North and South Carolina, all through there, cotton mills and, and and they have cotton gins. They gin the cotton and they send it down to the mills and so forth, make it into yarn. 
and then they, they send it over and it's, it's, it's woven into cloth. And I've watched those big uh, looms and the shuttle on the back of them. I mean, it sounds just like a submachine gun back and forth across that shuttle, that, uh, that little, uh, back of that loom, that little shuttle is taking that, that yarn from this end to that end and back and back and back and back and back and forth and, and making that piece of cloth. And when I looked at it, I thought about what Job said. He said, all of your life is swifter. All of your days that you spend here on this earth, why, they are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. Now, that's quick. That's quick. And then it says that uh, it, it's faster. Uh, Job also said, said, my days are swifter than a post. That's a postman, a messenger. They fly away. They see no more good. I mean, listen, just quicker than you can send a letter across the United States of America by the, the postal system, God says your life is like that. You know, in one more year, in one more year, Ms. Bird, it's hard to believe anybody as physically fit as I am and with my athletic prowess. Uh, I, I mean, listen, I, do you know I'll be 50 years old? Why, that's hard to believe. Somebody said, yeah, I thought you were 60. Well, uh, I'll be 50 years old soon. I mean that. And my, listen, my days are getting by in a hurry. Why, I have daughters that are already grown. I have grandchildren. I mean, listen, my, my days are, are getting by in a hurry. If I live to be 70 years old, I've only got 21 more years, Brother Gary. 21 more years, and, and my days are spent fully, fully. I mean, if I live out to the, to the very time that God said, I'll give you three score and ten, 70 years, I've only got about 21 years left. Boy, that's why I want to make them count for Jesus. Amen? Somebody said... You better make plans and plan out in the future what you're going to. Well, I'm planning, but bless your heart, I probably won't be around to see a lot of these things uh, take place. You see, our life is very brief, just like a web. In Isaiah 38 and 12, listen to this. My dwelling is removed and is carried away from me as a shepherd's tent. Isn't that something? Listen, life is not compared to some gigantic building that will withstand the storms that come along and stand for years and, 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 and scores of years. No, life is compared to a shepherd's tent that is folded up after a day and a night and moved to somewhere else. I mean, listen, you better convince people to trust Jesus Christ because life is brief my friend, I can go on and talk, talk about the vapor, but let, let me hurry. I want to give you another thing tonight. You ought to be saved and you, in, you ought to invite people tomorrow night on visitation and Saturday on visitation. And you ought to write letters and you ought to get on the telephone and you ought to uh, do anything that you can to get people to Jesus Christ because your influence reaches a host of people. That's right. Listen. Jesus said, no man lives or dies to himself. You have an influence on everyone that you meet. Someone said that we, that the average man's life, he has an influence uh, of over 3,000 people. You influence their life. 
My friend, it's important that you exercise the right kind of influence. I want you to look in your Bible tonight. Let me give you these things about a good influence. In Matthew 5 and verse number 13, look there and, 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 and you'll find this. Ye are the salt of the earth. If you just want to write these down, I'll read them to you because we're running out of time. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under foot of men. I'm telling you, a good influence has a preserving characteristic about it. You know, I'm convinced in my heart tonight that there's some good men and women in the United States of America, and this is one reason it's still standing tonight. It has a preserving influence. Goodness, you, you're the light of the world. Amen. I mean, the influence that you have in the community is a preserving influence. And then let me give you this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it says, For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? I mean, listen, I'm telling you that a good Christian life and good influence has a saving characteristic about it. I'm convinced in my heart tonight that there have been more husbands and wives saved because of the influence of a godly mate than there has been with people just going to church and this sort of thing. I'm telling you, my friend, live for Jesus. Amen. People watch your life and you have an influence for good or bad on them. And then I want you to notice this. It says, for I know your readiness of which I glory on your behalf of them to them of Macedonia that Achaia hath been prepared for a year past and your zeal has stirred up many of them. I'm telling you, when you have a good influence, it will inspire others to serve God. Amen. Why, many a young boy, I believe, has been inspired and encouraged to serve God because of a godly deacon in a Baptist church. Because of a, of a godly preacher somewhere, many a young man has said to himself, why I desire the office of a bishop because I've seen my pastor and how he lives. I'm telling you, inspire others into service for God. And then a good influence also, it says, for from your sounding out of the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and, 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 and Achaia, this is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, it says, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that we need not speak anything. Amen. I mean, listen, a lot of times just by your godly living, people come to be saved. I believe you ought to knock on doors, but bless your heart, listen to me. You let this church right here and the people of this church here live for God and their influence reaches out into the community. And when people get in trouble, you know where they're going to go? They're going to come here, here in this place. I'm saying to you, a good influence has an evangelizing 
characteristic also it reaches out. And then I want you to know this. You ought to tell people they need to be saved and you ought to witness for God because he only hears the prayers of saved people. And let me qualify that just a little bit for you tonight. That's a broad statement. And let, let me say it this way. I believe God is only obligated to hear the prayers of the saints of God. Now, I believe God is kind to the unthankful, to the thankful and to the unthankful. Amen. That's what the Bible says. And I believe God causes rain to fall on the just and on the unjust. And Brother Lloyd, we went one night to a funeral home where uh, a, a, a young boy had been killed. And we saw his father and mother stricken with grief. Why, we couldn't even speak to the man because he was so broken up over the death of his son. Now, I want to tell you something, and I, I, I don't have, I, I just don't have a verse to give you, but somehow deep down inside of me, I don't even believe lost people could make it through times like that were it not for a kind, compassionate, gracious God. You say it never hears lost people. Well, you heard that man in Acts chapter 10 by the name of Cornelius. He was lost, wasn't he? And his prayers came up as a memorial before the Lord. He heard them on the ship with Jonah, lost people, when they prayed. So I'm saying to you tonight that I know assuredly in my heart tonight that God is obligated to hear the prayers of the saints of God. Now I mean that. You Listen, when you pray in the name of Jesus and you pray with a clean heart and you pray according to God's will and you pray believing that God will hear and answer your prayer, listen, God is obligated to hear your prayer. Amen. He's your father. You say, well, I've been praying for a, a year for a certain thing, and, and he hasn't. Just keep on, amen, just keep on knocking the importunity. Just hang in there. Bless your heart. God hears the prayers of the saints of God. And then lastly, let me give you this. Boy, it's one of the best words you'll ever hear in a sermon. Finally, lastly, in conclusion, let me say this. You ought to be saved. You ought to become a Christian tonight. You ought to tell people how to be saved because only Christians are prepared to die. And only Christians are prepared to face God's wrath and God's judgment. That's right. Listen, only Christian. The Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die. Then after this, the judgment. Don't you thank God tonight? Now listen, I'll have to face my works one day. That's right, and so will you. But I'm so glad that when sin was judged at Calvary, I mean when the sun didn't shine and darkness swept over the earth, and, and, and my friend, when, when Jesus cried with a loud voice and said, It's finished, I'm so thankful that he paid my sin debt, and my sin was judged at Calvary, and bless your heart, I don't have to be ashamed when Jesus comes. Amen.
I'm saved by His grace. And the only people in this room tonight who are ready and prepared to face God are Christians. Now you think about that just a little bit, friend. God's coming. Jesus is coming. Just as sure as I'm standing here tonight, He's coming, Brother Cliff. And every person that's ever lived since the day of Adam, when, when Adam was created, brought into existence, including Adam, including Adam, the first man that God ever made, and every man that has been born into this world since then, in heaven, in hell, every man and woman that's ever lived and is now living on this earth, we are all going to face God, every one of us. I believe it was Amos that says, prepare to meet God. Now he's talking to Israel. I realize that. Now I'm not a dumb bunny. I rightly divide the word of God, but I, I believe you can make an application to people. Amen. People all over the world. God said through his, through his man Amos, he said, prepare to meet God.